Spirituality exists because of a peculiarity of the human mind um, embedded in, the, in, in human programming and education um, and acculturation. The result of which is that normally people are incapable of distinguishing between fantasy and actuality. Um, In in spirituality, the the process of learning to distinguish between fantasy and actuality, and hence to to enable oneself to recognize what actuality actually is in its true nature, is in many traditions called yoga. The essential task of yoga is to affect this discrimination of uh, learning to distinguish between fantasy and reality such that one is no longer confusing the two. The properties of actuality are um, astounding, um, especially from the point of view of fantasy which uh, all human interpretation um, consists of fantasy. (coughs) Actuality is uninterpretable. It is by its nature infinite and transcendental. And this is plain to see and and easily it it reveals itself as such when one uh, sees it directly without the confusing overlay of the fantasy of interpretations. The goal of yoga is simply this recognition, this recognition of the nature of actuality. And this recognition is immediate and obvious once one has dealt with this problem of confusing fantastic interpretations with the actuality itself. (coughs) The presence of experience, the presence of direct experience, is actuality. Fantasy is any interpretation that supposedly applies to this direct experience. In actuality, nothing applies to anything. Everything is simply what it is. There is no referentiality whatsoever. And yet conceptual thought pretends to be about conditions, about objects, about things, about environment, about beings. But this aboutness does not exist in reality. And of course this becomes quite clear and obvious once one learns to <laughs> see what is actually here and the way that it is what it is. <coughs> <coughs> The simplest way to affect yoga is to take advantage of the fact that actuality is in fact already completely present. So one doesn't need to actually dismantle fantasy or counter it or disprove it 
or, or stop it in any way. One simply needs to direct one's attention to actuality, to naked actuality. And uh, the, the only trick there is learning to recognize what that is when one is doing it, what, is, what that is, the flavor of that. And at this point, once one engages directly with actuality unencumbered by interpretation, immediately one learns how to do that, or perhaps progressively, depending upon uh, one's, the depths of one's entanglement. <coughs> and this recognition alone will very clearly convey the flavor and nature of actuality as well as um, very quickly reveal the inaccuracy of the fantasies of interpretations that we've all been so heavily steeped in. So much for the theoretical part. Practical part um, is uh, really a matter of uh, one's own experience. One, must, one has to come to uh, engage with one's experience, to play with one's experience, to notice what is undeniably present, what is inconceivable, inconceivably present, and and learn how to. Um, uh, let's say well learn how to recognize that learn, yeah, there's all sorts of euphemisms that are inaccurate I could say learn how to tap into it or resonate with it but all that's absurd because you're already tapped in and you're already resonating it's unescapable, it's already a done deal yoga is uh, uh, tricky and subtle because it's really a matter of recognizing what is already the case rather than achieving some new condition or some new relationship with it but nonetheless, it, it uh, is profound because of the depth of obscurity and shallowness that the fantasy of interpretation seems to immerse oneself in. Um, it's peculiar to, to interpretation that it is censorship. It, inev- it inevitably diminishes what it claims to be applying to. The actuality is inconceivably beyond what things are generally held to be. So, um, uh, in flavor, the process of engaging in yoga is one of opening, is one of an expansion, is one of a coming to see a grandeur where initially one had thought one was coming from some smallness or some um, incompleteness or some partiality. Uh, but this is again a, tr- a trick of the light, so to speak, because uh, uh, as I said, it's the, the condition of actuality is already completely the case. Um, it just has not been recognized. The, the, the culprit, the villain of the piece in all this interpretation is. Uh, the hypnotic is the inherent hypnotic nature of mind which enables it to seize upon an idea and uh, simulate it 
as if it was true, make it feel as if it was so. We're all very familiar with this mechanism. If you go to a movie, you go to a horror movie, and all of a sudden you're all, uh, but you go to a romance and you're at all, you know, soft interior. You go to a, you know, an action movie and you're jumping at the explosions and all that. And it's it, because of this property of mind that when it's given a, a, a symbolic implication, it has a spontaneous <coughs> tendency to simulate what it would feel like if that was so. And this uh, results in the condition which um, in spirituality technically has been called delusion or you know the normal frame of mind of you know being stuck in your crappy life struggling along in, in pain and suffering and in this horrendous world and you know sloppily staggering your way towards death which of course can be what life can seem like but it isn't that because there is no death there is no staggering there is no time <laughs> there's no space <laughs> there's nothing <laughs> but of course one must come to see that directly in order to enjoy the fact that that is so perspective is a very interesting phenomenon in experience um, we're all very familiar with it um, Perspective is uh, uh, when things are viewed from a certain point of view, from a certain perspective, they seem to be a certain way. Um, an example of this is, um, you know, uh, the waking state seems to be a certain perspective, and then say you say you're a meditator and say you go into deep meditation, all of a sudden your experience looks that way, and so that's a, a different sort of a perspective. And let's say you fall asleep, then your experience looks that way, and that's a different perspective. And let's say you start dreaming, and so then your experience looks that way, and that's a certain perspective. Now, each of these perspectives carry a, a very full implication and flavor about what they consist of and what the parameters are and what's going on. Um, we're all very familiar with this. It's um, it, Whether we think of it in those terms or not, it's second nature. It's quite obvious in, in experience that this is uh, the way that it is. Now, the interesting thing to discover about it, perspective is that there's no hierarchy of perspectives in terms of what's true or untrue, what's real or what's not real. Now, this is very contrary to consensus reality normal thought, <coughs> where... Ordinarily, the waking state is held to be the, the real thing. The waking state is what's really happening. And all of these other apparent perspectives are just kind of deviations from the waking state and exist within the context of the waking state. <coughs> but the waking state is the top of the pyramid. That's, or the, you could say, maybe the, the, the bedrock. And everything else is just a little, a variation of that. Now, in actuality... It's not like that, and it's, and which is um, which is quite a quite a you know if you if you look into the implications of this, it's quite profound. Every perspective is equally true, is equally valid, is equally actual, um, but no perspective <coughs> is what it seems to be or is um, comprehensively true. So every perspective is a way that actuality can appear, but actuality is not limited to being 
the entirety of what seems to be appearing and the way it seems to be appearing within the context of any perspective. So it's kind of um, what, 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 what happens here is a random access presentation of different perspectives, different seeming worlds, different seeming um, dimensions um, that are all they're all actual and possible and viable to the extent that they are if they, if they appear experientially then they're obviously actual and no perspective is more actual than any other perspective no perspective is more true than any other perspective um, no perspective is, is the absolute you know the, the real condition whereas the others are somehow not real or somehow um, deviations from that or variations on that <clears throat> if you think about this if you look into this in your own experience you can discover that this is a, a profound uh, 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 there's a profound implications in this You're, you, you, float, you float freely within an infinity of possible experiential dimensions and you're not really anchored to any of them they all appear within you, they all appear to you, and you are not ever stuck in any of them, you're not ever anchored in any of them, none of them are object- any more objectively true than any of the other ones of them. And if you'll explore the feeling tone of that, I'm sure you'll, you'll come to recognize that it's quite profound. This is the intelligent, direct engagement with reality, with absolute reality, with the totality of being, which is right here, right now, which is what you are, which is what this is, inalienably. <clears throat> reality can't be lost, because there's nothing but. Um, but it can be misunderstood. And this is the problem, if, if, if any, that yoga is intending to correct. <clears throat> to come to a, through direct perception, through direct experience and direct engagement, the exercise of inherent intelligence, coming to recognize what this is and how it is what it is, which invalidates all the erroneous ways that people are um, uh, apparently uh, greatly engaged in <laughs> misunderstanding and holding it to be uh, to exist in ways that it doesn't. For example, you alone exist. You are the totality of reality. All of reality occurs within you and is you. You exist beyond space, you exist beyond time. <clears throat> and um, you are completely independent of apparent circumstances. Now, all of this is not theoretical, this is the fact and it is directly discoverable, directly perceivable, um, self-verifyingly conveyed um, through investigating 
what this is, investigating what you are, what, what, is, what is here. Um, which, of course, invalidates all the horrible uh, misconceptions, which would be grotesque if they were true, that you're a little separate individual who's going to die, and you're dependent upon the world, and you're dependent upon this grotesque <laughs> situation we find ourselves embedded in, the precariousness of our uh, of, of modern civilization, and so on and so forth, the ravages of disease and and failure, and so on and so forth. <clears throat> None of that exists in the way that people typically think it exists. It exists the way that apparent circumstances in a dream exist. It appears as apparent information and can be interpreted as being the various conditions that it may be interpreted as being, but it never is that, it never becomes that. Um, it never comes into being, it never goes out of being, it has no substance, it has no final form. It is you dancing with your own energy. Now this is all literally true. This is not theory or philosophy. This is the simple, you know, mechanical fact of what is here, of what exists. Now, um, what all of this is, <coughs> is simply what you may be used to calling your experience. Experience is reality. Experience is actuality. And there's nothing but experience. Everything and anything that you've ever thought existed, you've, you've come to think that because it seems to appear within your experience. Um, experience is the touchstone of all reality. Mm -hmm. um. mm -hmm. <clears throat> need to jump start a little bit here. Calling it yoga makes it sound dignified and pretentious and that it's a particular kind of thing that you maybe learn or, or study or it's some great achievement to, to be engaged in it. But in actuality, all of life is yoga, all of reality is yoga. You've never practiced anything else than yoga. Yoga is reality engaging with itself, or you could say consciousness engaging with form. And, and as consciousness engages with form, it explores, it learns, it dances with it. Now, typically it learns very inefficiently, um, one might argue. Um, the practice of yoga proper is um, by employing intelligence, learning to engage with it much more efficiently, which penetrates much more seemingly rapidly, into the revelation of what this is. <coughs> so yoga is not new. Yoga is just life. Yoga is just experience. Yoga is just being. Yoga is just you here, look, seeing and breathing and 
you know, all the usual stuff that always happens. <coughs> but coming to coming to see and coming to recognize what it actually is um, is possible, doable, and is um, uh, the goal of and the practice of yoga. <clears throat> the essence of, in practical terms, the essence of the practice of yoga is noticing the ways in which your actual experience deviates from what you're used to thinking that it is. What you actually, you know, everything that you actually experience, anything that you actually experience, um, is vastly beyond and vastly different. When I say vastly, I should say infinitely, absolutely beyond and absolutely different than anything you can think it is. So we're used to thinking like, oh, I'm looking at a chair. But if I look at what, what, I, when I, what, what is the, the actuality that is occurring that I'm calling looking at a chair, it's, it's an amazing presence. Now I might try to analyze it conceptually into oh it's a presence of color and form and luminosity and brightness and so on and so forth, but if I look at all of that and any of that, it is unresolvable as to exactly what that is. Not again, not theoretically or conceptually. Actually, it is looking at open-endedness and and experience. And it's not a chair; it's experience of a chair. Or, you know, the other chair is, of course, the argument, which is untrue. And experience itself is continually dynamic, continually slippery, continually morphing. So you never have a, 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 the precisely the same experience for any duration whatsoever. Any and every experience becomes different in the instant, and different in the instant, and different in the instant eternally. So to try and find a stable chair that's actually sitting there that's not changing cannot be done. And yet the concept materially is, oh yeah, this is a chair and it's just sitting there. It seems to be changing because my eyes are drifting or my thought I'm you know I'm moving my head or whatever. But that argument is an abstraction based on the actuality of perception. And nothing can be found but perception. The chair is just an argument. It's, a, it's an abstraction of the perception. The perception is the actuality. And perception is mysterious. It appears. It arises in this thing we might call consciousness, which is completely mysterious, which is just here. <laughs> and consciousness can't be found the apparition of all of all these forms and energies and, and seeming qualities can't be found, and yet, even though they can't be pinned down or ultimately resolved as to precisely what they are, they are completely explicit, completely obvious, and completely available for investigation, at which point it becomes completely obvious that they are the way they are, and they are not the way we may be used to thinking of them in terms of these dull, objective, stable realities that are somehow sitting there, out there, 
So one discovers that your experiential field is everything. You know, just, just again, not theoretically, just in fact. You know, you all appear in my experiential field. And that you are you all is just an argument. It's a, it's a concept. I don't know if you're here. You know, I mean, in a dream last night, I was, you know, God knows what I was doing, talking to people and doing weird shit. And I don't know if they were there. They seem to be there, but then I wake up and <laughs> where'd they go? You know, I leave here and go and walk out the room and where did you go? <laughs> you know, I get struck by a bolt of lightning for blasphemy and, and where do you go? <laughs> so, um, again, this is, this is Im immediately obvious and small children intuit this very directly. If you look at a, at a very young, young child, you know, one year old or something, maybe, I don't know what, what range, but very small, watch them investigating their experience, investigating their world, they know it's all them. And then they, you know, they're taught this, 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 this fantasy of separation. No, you know, I'm mom, I'm over here, you're over <coughs> there, you're a little junior, you know, and we're separate. And it's like, baby's going you know, it's just this, this, this soup of, of luscious, weirdness that, that, that permeates the, the, the baby's infinite experiential field. <clears throat> but eventually, the brainwashing begins to take hold, as we're all familiar. <laughs> so yoga um, aims to, um, re to, to rectify this problem of of all the erroneous brainwashing that we've been steeped in. Um, the brainwashing was never true. You know, erroneous ideas have never been accurate, and yet they're believable. There's strong arguments and there's continual reinforcement because there seem to be all these other people who seem to be very adamantly believing the same things and hammering it at you with the structure of the language and the things they say and the talking about this and that and going here and doing that and meeting up at this time. There's no time. There's no space. So how can we meet at, at 11 o'clock, you know? It's a miracle. <laughs> but, so, it's a, you know, it may be seemingly be an uphill battle at first because of the, the way in which human, you know, human tribal social organization is steeped in this um, self-reinforcing milieu of, you know, consensus reality, which only exists in one's imagination, if it does. Experience continually gives a lie to that fantasy. Experience continually and obviously deviates from all of this, you know, all this bullshit that, um, you know, that normal people think is happening. <clears throat> and yoga is the process of coming to discover that, coming to see that clearly, which invalidates the misinterpretation, thus revealing actuality, just revealing what it really is, just revealing what I call radiant presence, <clears throat> which is all that there is. There's only this one condition here. It's here right now. It's what everything is. It's what you are. It's what 
this room is, it's what this conversation is, it's what the time that's passing is, it's what the space is, all this is appearing in is, is this one thing. Um, so uh, coming to recognize that is yoga. <coughs> <coughs> I wish I was organized enough to have a mental checklist and I can say, oh, I covered that, I covered that. true, but, but as, a, as a kind of a template, you can look at it as if you live in two worlds simultaneously. One world is the world of actuality, where you're actually there, what you actually are, and the other is the world of these consensual, conceptual template, these interpretive frameworks that are held in imagination and, and juxtaposed over your direct experience so that, you're, so that the, 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 the consciousness sees direct experience through these templates and, and then heavy-handedly interprets all of the information that seems to be present in terms of these templates, in terms of these maps, you know, these narrations, these descriptions, the structuralizations of what's happening. Oh, we're in San Rafael, we're at a spiritual talk, you know, it's Saturday morning at such and such o'clock, it's blah, blah, blah. All of that information is held in imagination, and it's it doesn't actually exist. It's not really true, but the the imagination, uh, you know, has is powerfully overlays this over the actuality, which is this. The actuality cannot be said. You know, as soon as you can say something about what's going on, you've you've entered fantasy. You've entered delusion. <coughs> You know, the most the most one can say is this, you know, or silence is maybe better. But it doesn't matter because you know you can sit here and spout gibberish all day, and this is still this. <laughs> you can't violate it. You can't. You know, it is it is un, it is untouchable. It is it cannot be solid. It cannot be rendered impure or negated in any way. <clears throat> so now ordinarily people, even though they live in this sort of dual world of actual actual experience and these imaginary interpretive overlays, um, they don't, you're not aware of it. They think it's all one thing. They think, this is a chair. This is Sandra You are people. We are having a talk. And so the direct experience and the overlay sort of gets smeared and blurred into a sort of a mishmash of your life, of the world, of, you know, what's going on. <coughs> so, um, another way of seeing the essential task of yoga is to notice the difference between these interpretive frameworks, which are continually appearing, and actual experience. Now, interpretive frameworks, are, the point is not to negate them or stop them or stop interpreting. That doesn't matter at all. And besides, it's not going to happen. The mind is very powerful, 
and it's expert at churning out this crap. <coughs> but if you come to see that these things coexist and they essentially have nothing to do with each other, then you will be able to investigate, to look into direct experience without being hampered by the preconceptions that are implied by the interpretive frameworks. So you just notice that there's two different things going on here. There's the mind's version, there's the mind's narrative of everything you could say or think about what's happening. And then there's this, which is, of course, the evidence upon which, supposedly, arguably, the, interp the interpretation rests. But it doesn't really, because it doesn't really apply. The interpretation is wrong. It's inaccurate. It's incomplete. It does not capture or indicate accurately what is here. <laughs> and the problem is, it, it, it's, it's inaccurate in a way that is largely censorship. It doesn't misinterpret actuality by, by making it more grand. On the contrary, it whittles away and it makes it small, diminishes it. This is inconceivably magnificent. It is literally infinite. It is literally all-powerful. It is literally beyond space and time. You are it. All things are it. It is pure energy. It is pure light. It is pure bliss and joy, you could say. Um, I mean, those aren't literally true, because again, obviously, they're, they're concepts, so they don't capture it, but they, 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 they can, they're evocative, and they indicate vaguely the grandeur of what this is. But then these interpretive framers come and censor that and whittle it down to little, you know, to whittle off bits. Well, let's chop off this, the infinity part, because who needs that? You know, that's just confusing as hell. Let's, you know, let's chop off the you are everything part, because, you know, <laughs> how are you going to know who to call? <laughs> you know, let's, you know, and so it, it whittles down this, um, this, this incredible actuality that, that is right here, to, to sort of these bite-sized morsels of bullshit that are, you know, oh, this is a chair, this is a rug, the rug's kind of seedy and dirty, and, you know, there's this, all these gaudy paintings on the wall, this is a spiritual talk, this is San Rafael, blah, blah. You know, the narrative, the version of it, and then there you are in your crappy life. But you aren't. You are not in your crappy life. You are in transcendental inconceivability. Literally, you know, mechanically, substantially, that is the case. And the only thing preventing um, one from enjoying that fact is not recognizing it through misinterpretation. To reiterate, um, the point is not to stop interpreting. The point is not to suppress interpretation. The point is to notice that interpretation is fantasy. It's it's a version. It's a caricature. You know, it's like it's it's a version of what is here, but it's a very paltry version of what is here that no one captures it. It's like you go see a movie 
and then someone asked you what was the movie oh well this guy had met this girl and you know they kind of got together it's like well that really captures the movie now I know everything that happened I know just what it looks like I know just what it felt like you know and that's analogous to what these interpretive frameworks do you know there's this inconceivable richness that you could not in every instant just right now it's, it's a literal infinity of richness how could you possibly capture that in a few words in a lot of words even in a, in a whole in a whole encyclopedia it's still you know it's, it's, it's pathetic so just coming to see that and then you at this point yoga can become a little confusing because then you discover that you kind of exist in two worlds and the two worlds don't really have much to do with each other but you can't really stop <laughs> you can't really go from one to the other it's, it's, it can be kind of strange because it's a little schizophrenic you're in you know you're, you're still you and you're still in your, your you know struggling through your life and at the same time it's this inconceivable grandeur that 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 you are you know immersed in and swimming in and these things happen concurrently and it's, it can be dizzying it's disorienting it can be weird but you know as as the yogi continues to to develop their sensitivity um, their assimilation of the actual condition <clears throat> um, this disparity becomes less and less relevant as the interpretations are discovered to be very 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 small events in the face of this inconceivably vast event of the actuality and then a realization consists of seeing that fact as the, the sole fact you know not just seeing it conceptually but it's just completely obvious one knows it it's like well yeah you know there's there's all of these different dimensions and a small aspect of the dimensions are the mind spinning off this crap and other dimensions of sense fields and other dimensions of subtle vibrations and other and you can't say it's it dimensions all the way down an infinity of dimensions and they're all right here right now and this is it you are this and, and it's all open it is all explicitly clearly and self-verifyingly what you are <clears throat> And this is the goal of yoga, and this and the path of yoga is simply engaging in this goal in whatever way you are able at at any given time. <clears throat> so in the beginning, yoga can look like a struggle. It can look like really trying to see to see outside of the interpretations. It can seem like a real uphill battle. And then in the middle phase, it can be very dizzying and confusing like I say where you're sort of living in two worlds and, and what the fuck you know you're just, what do I do with this you know how, well, how do I handle it how do I you know because life goes on I mean you know you got to pay the bills and all this stuff supposedly <laughs> they say <laughs> got to go you know vote for Trump and all the other important things in your day and yet at the same time what it really is is And, but then the you know you could say the, the center of gravity continues to shift um, metaphorically and one comes to see 
no, this can look a little bit like that, and can look a little bit like that, and can mm -hmm. look a little bit like that. But it, it never departs from itself. It never becomes anything other than this that it is. And so all of these versions of it, all these variations of it that it continually spins off and implies infinitely are just its light show, are just its radiance. All of this apparent versions and information is what I call radiance. And the presence is this actuality that is. And that's all there is. There is this that is, and then there's all of this, you know, seeming, in, seeming implication. And the implication never becomes anything. And none of it can actually be found or pinned down, but it never stops. And it's completely blatantly obvious. And here you are. <laughs> Anything that shows up in your experience is unlimited, is unresolvable, is infinite. Um, and it's, it may be easy to form the mistaken notion that this somehow involves some vagueness, some sense of fuzzing out or making it blurry or something like this. It's exactly the opposite. In looking at your experience, um, it's more and more clear what it is, the more precisely and the more thoroughly you engage with it. It's the details, it's the subtlety uh, of what it is that reveals its true nature. So uh, beware of, the, of falling into the notion of, you know, you have to sort of space out or get vague or get some new agey to say, oh, it's all infinite. It's like, no, look, it, you look very precisely at exactly what is present. And when I say look, it implies the visual field, but anywhere in your experience whatsoever, you can examine the phenomenon the same way. The closer you look, the more clearly it is revealed to be infinite and unresolvable. This, right here, right now, is absolute reality. That's the beginning and the end of the story. There's, there's really nothing else to say except to elaborate on what that means. And of course, it, that's basically kind of pointless because you can't get to the bottom of what it means, so all you can do is get halfway there and keep spinning more and more elaborations that don't ever resolve into anything. So what's the point? And yet, <laughs> and yet, it seems strangely that the course of this exploring itself, the course of this discovering itself, consists of this apparent elaboration, this apparent getting lost in details, getting lost in um, nuance and complexity. <clears throat> um, which, you know, which I call the path of yoga. You know, the course of, of being what you are sensitively and intelligently as you already are intrinsically doing because it's impossible to not do that and developing um, maturity developing a, a clearer and clearer understanding and perspective on exactly what this is it's all very paradoxical if you try to look at it theoretically because you can never actually resolve or find what it is because what it is is unresolvable. But for the purposes of yoga, 
you can discover you can discover actually objectively self-verifyingly that it is unresolvable and then you have the actuality of what it is this here cannot be found and this not finding of itself is its very nature <clears throat> you know this sounds strange from a logical point of view but in in um, in, in actual fact in the in the nature of what it is, this is this is this becomes perfectly clear. <coughs> so, when we're beginners, when we're in ignorance, let's say, technically speaking, um, not knowing and confusion seem to be a problem. And yet, ult- the ultimate goal is to discover that not knowing is your ultimate nature. But it's not a not knowing of of there is something that you miss. It's a not knowing of you have and completely are and have the fullness of that which can't be known. <coughs> the the torture the torturous idea, the idea that creates suffering is the idea that um, well maybe this can be known, but I don't know it. You know, and so we we, we put this carrot on a string out there. Imagine, oh, well, there's some, there's something I can know, there's something I can get, there's some missing piece of the puzzle that I just haven't got yet. God, if I could just get that, everything would be great. But this is a, this is a, a, a recipe for torture. It's a recipe for eternal frustration because there is no such piece. <laughs> you can't find it. You'll never have it. <laughs> so, so looking for it is just like banging your head against a wall. You know, <laughs> the only. <laughs> The only resolution is when you stop doing it. <laughs> it doesn't actually achieve anything. But when you come to see that there is no missing piece, the whole thing is missing in a certain sense. You know, the, the resolution, the, 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 the final chapter, the, you know, the, the, the whodunit, you know, <laughs> of the mystery, um, doesn't exist. The, the mystery is the final piece the, the, the open-ended unresolvability is the very nature of the absolute the very nature of your identity and the nature of, of your universe then this um, is uh, seen as delightful and uh, <laughs> find, you know, check it out for yourself <laughs> spirituality is very simple there's only one thing that you need to know. And it has absolutely nothing to do with what happens, with what you do or what you don't do, with what seems to be happening in your field of experience. A good metaphor to understand this is the metaphor of a TV. The TV show, the movie, whatever that you watch or however many you watch, wouldn't exist without the TV. And the TV and the functioning of the TV has absolutely nothing to do with what seems to be happening in the show. So, you know, often in, in, in spirituality, um, practical approaches are, are held in terms of doing this or doing that or, you know, trying to behave this way or not behave that way. But all of that is completely irrelevant because what happens... In, a, in your experience does not 
affect the being of your experience and spirituality is about the being of your experience that you are that this is and what that is and the way that that is is um, what is the only, basically the only fact and is the powerful fact coming to understand what this is and how this is um, completely rearranges your sense of yourself your sense of the world your sense of of what you are and, and what your position and things is. <clears throat> I call this condition the actual condition radiant presence which is just a way of, of trying to put it. It's indescribable what it is, and of course it has no name. <clears throat> but this, this beingness, right here, this, just this simple being, the beingness of this, <coughs> of your experience right here, right now, just this simple beingness. It's not some amazing transcendental beingness somewhere long ago and far away. It's just this that is right here. <clears throat> it is what is doing all this it is what all this is and it is what you actually are so rather it's it's easy to think of yourself to have a self-image of yourself where you're somehow sec secondary from that or cut off from that or dependent upon that where there's this beingness and then somehow you're created as some separate little entity wandering around in this world in your life and so on and so forth but that is not true that's not what actually is the case in actuality, you are this beingness. Everything that appears is this beingness. And very much in the same sense that when you sleep at night and you dream, everything that appears in the dream is the dreamer. It's not like there's a dreamer and the dreamer creates beings and conditions in the dream that actually exist separate from the dreamer somehow, like the dreamer's over here separate, and then the dream's happening over here somehow removed that all of the conditions that appear in the dream are the dreamer, are the very being of the dreamer, are the essence of the dreamer. And exactly the, the, the same thing is true here in the waking condition and in all conditions. <coughs> so, and this that I call radiant presence is the equivalent of, you could say, the dreamer. What is dreaming? That's what you actually are this transcendental condition this condition that exists beyond space and time that space and time seem, may seem to appear within but it itself is beyond space and time and not dependent upon it not dependent upon causation not dependent upon what seems to happen or not happen what you do or don't do you can't not be what you are and anything you do or don't do won't change that fact it won't change your being you can have you know great success or horrible failure and it won't change the simple fact of your being you can have great pleasure and horrible pain and it won't change the simple fact of your being that is absolutely inviolable it's absolutely steady crystalline mm -hmm. and this being as I say is not an abstraction it is it is the sole concrete thing it is what you actually are it is this 
that you are that is showing up as all of this. And there's absolutely no separation between this being and all of this apparition, all this that seems to happen. So, my body appears, this body is the being that is here. This room appears, this room is the being. And there's nothing here but the being. It seems to be very differentiated and spread out in all of these elaborations and complexities and circumstances. But as in a dream, there can seem to be all this complexity present, but there's no martial multiplicity present. There's only one thing present, which is the dreaming. There's no, there's no many objects in a dream. When you, when a dream, when you wake up all of a sudden and the dream's over, the the things, the conditions in the dream don't have to disappear one by one. The whole thing just goes. And likewise, when you go to sleep, this whole world just goes. When you die, this whole world just goes. But you don't go anywhere because you aren't anywhere. What this is. To call it you is not. Is, it can be misleading. It's not you as in the personal you. It's the you that you actually are. The personal you is, uh, um, a, you say, a fabrication of your true being. In the very much the same sense that whatever character you seem to be enacting within a dream at night, um, it is not the dreamer. The dreamer is who you actually are when you dream at night. But whatever characters can appear, seem to appear in the dream, and they seem to have their autonomy and their interaction and all of this dynamism, whatever. <coughs> but they are have no separation. They have no independent existence. They have no separation from the dreamer, and they have no multiplicity. There's only one thing present in a dream, is which is the dreaming, even if it seems to be infinitely differentiated and complex and so on and so forth. And in a dream, nothing happens but dreaming. There can be an incredibly elaborate dream with all sorts of things seemingly going on, and amazing events, and this transpires, and that transpires, and interaction, and transformations, and great emotionality, and all of this. But, you know, nothing, nothing happens. It's just, at the beginning it was just dreaming, in the middle it's just dreaming, in the end it's just dreaming. The dreaming itself is not developed or affected one iota by what seems to appear within the dream. And likewise, in this situation, <coughs> as, I, as I started off talking about, what seems to happen here in your experience, what seems to happen in your life, what you seem to do or not do, is of absolutely no importance to what's actually going on here, to what you actually are and what this condition actually is. It is pristine and unaffected by what it looks like. Like, a, like the TV is pristine and unaffected by whatever show happens to seem to be showing. You know, you can watch a, a romantic chick flick and you can watch a, a horror slasher movie and you can watch, you know, a sci-fi about the end of the world. The TV doesn't care. It's just, it's not touched. And in exactly the same way, what is actually here, the sole thing that is actually here, um, is completely unaffected by what it looks like. Mm -hmm. 
and that is all you are that is all that you are is this transcendental being that not again not it's not an abstract transcendental being it's not some transcendental being somewhere way out there it's this simple being that is right here which is so it's completely obviously transcendental I mean being is completely obvious you know this is it's like it's a no brainer well of course this is you know this is present this exists but if you look very closely well what exactly do I mean by that this thing that's so obvious and so palpable and so immediate is existence what what is that you know How, how is that it's 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 it, it's weird when you look at it and you look closer and it's weirder still and you can't even find it but again it doesn't go away and it's completely obvious so this is what I mean by transcendental um, it doesn't mean long ago and far away or mythical or something like that although it, it, it is the truth of what is referred to by all of those implications it means it 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 is not a simple thing that can be found. It's like a mirage. It's actual, but as soon as you try and approach it, you, can, you, don't, you can't pin it down. You can't find it. It's, it's subtle. It's elusive. It's subtler than subtle, and so on and so forth. And yet, again, that doesn't imply that it's somehow in a remove. It is completely immediate. It's the only thing that's here, this presence you know the simple presence of this that is here the simple presence of your experiential field so in terms of yoga which is a path of exploration um, in an attempt to discover this fact to discover the way that this is the case your field of engagement is the field of your experience the field of your experience is the totality of your reality there's nothing outside of it you cannot find anything outside of your experience of course <clears throat> and your, your experience manifests all of the transcendental qualities it manifests presence it is um, which is completely inconceivable but obvious again it manifests what I call radiance which is all of this inconceivable detail and elaboration and experiential qualities that uh, you know are so obvious and fill our experience it, man- it shows up as um, unresolvability you cannot pin down with precision what any aspect of any actual experience you're having is it's all completely obvious and self-evident but as soon as you look at it and try and pin down exactly what color is anything exactly what shape is anything exactly what quality does anything have again it's like being you look at it and it turns out to be transcendental it's very strange you can't resolve it it's it's trippy it's 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 um it's uh, infinite in its subtlety in its detail in its um nuance um it's also um, it's instantaneous which is very strange again it's very obvious that nothing exists but now so you know what's happening well now duh but then again you look at well what exactly is what's up with that what's going on with that what is that and 
you live for now and even though it's like it's like presence even though it's completely obvious you know now you can't find it you know how long does it last you know does, does it move does it not move does it flow does it not flow how does if there's only now how can things seem to change you know how can there seem to be a past how can there seem to be this dynamism of change of you know I'm talking and I'm saying this word and then I'm saying this word how can that happen if it's only now and you can't answer those questions it, it's, it seems trivial at first because of course we're all very familiar with it but if you begin to look very closely at what's actually going on you'll discover it's very very strange so the practice of yoga is simply intelligent engagement with your experiential field um, to explore these issues, to explore what it actually is and how it actually is what it is and to discover that the way it is what it is is much, 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 much as many muches as you want stranger than um, is possible to imagine and in, in this discovery you discover the transcendental you discover what you actually are you discover what this actually is and you uh, discover the condition that has been called enlightenment and liberation. Liberation is kind of nice. Liberation is the discovery that you are completely free of all these apparent conditions that seem to be appearing because you are, because you are um, not in them. They have no effect on you. You're the TV in actuality and all of the all of these shows that show up as your as your bizarre life have no effect on the presence of that life the sentience of that life the being of that life <clears throat> there is nothing here but radiant presence what you, you, you seem to be in a room appearing in your field of vision it's actually radiant presence you hear sounds they're actually radiant presence you feel your body it's actually radiant presence you, there's thoughts appearing in your mind it's actually radiant presence there's emotion it's actually radiant presence there's anything whatsoever any experience whatsoever is actually radiant presence so what does this mean? Radiant presence is not an abstraction. It is not a, a, a concept or a philosophy. Radiant presence is supremely concrete. It's the only concrete thing that there is. It is the literal substance of reality, and there is no other substance. Everything whatsoever that appears as experience is made of radiant presence. Um, this is this this appears strangely or everything is so strange or calling it strangely is <laughs> is um, arbitrary this appears as all of this incredibly detailed patterning that creates the convincing illusion of objects and forms and substance and events. This inc inconceivably detailed patterning. You look, 
You look around you and you see all of these objects and they're so precise and sharp and all the minute detail and variation and you look closer to detail and it's de detail has detail and so on, practically, infinitely. <coughs> you know, and, and in all of the sense fields and all experience is exactly like this. In inconceivable apparent information, inconceivable apparent patterns showing up. But none of the patterning is actually uh, stable or resolves into being a findable pattern. It's, it's, a, it's an apparent pattern that doesn't stand up to scrutiny. Because of its instantaneousness, because of its dynamism, all the patterns change now. They're all changing. They are changed. There is no pattern that changes. The pattern itself is change. And... and so there's this ongoing just dynamism and so there's no way that it is at any particular time because it's always going from something to something else but there's no something it's coming from because that something was coming from something else it's just continual apparent movement and yet there's nothing moving it's, that's just a sort of a way of conceiving of it of imagining it <clears throat> so this actuality that is right here is radiant presence now it's easy to look at it and think of the radiance as what is appearing as the energy or what, whatever it is that is actually appearing as all of this information and it's easy to think of the presence as the principle that is somehow perceiving this that is you know over here this presence is perceiving and experiencing the radiance. And that's an, a simplistic way to think of it, and that's fine, but it's not actually like that. Because you, you, there's no, it's a continuum, it's inclusive. The presence includes the radiance, the radiance includes the presence. The perceiver, the perception, includes the apparition, the apparition includes the perception. They're an absolutely unified. Um, whole, they're an absolute unified completeness that that completely transcends <coughs> making any sense of <coughs> or trying to structuralize in any way. So this calling it radiant presence is very arbitrary and is just a convenient way to address and indicate this astounding actuality that is here um, in fact, that is here objectively, that is here as the soul actual concrete fact and everything and anything you your life the details objects history time space all of that is just um, a, 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 an oversimplification a misinterpretation of this astounding fact this astounding condition that this is that you are that is right here right now and that is always the case, and that's the only thing that's the case. There's no other thing that is true. There's no other thing that there's nothing else happening here. <clears throat> um, and this is uh, discovering this, investigating this, coming to see the self-verifying truth of this is the yoga of radiant presence. And seeing that this is so, and realizing that you are this, is the success in yoga is realization of the truth of, actual, of the nature of actuality which is not a new thing 
because it's always been that, and yet it's and yet we are so it's so easy to not see this. It's so easy to fall into misinterpretation. The very convincing, you know, in, in rationalizations and interpretations of consensus reality and materialist philosophy and all these things, which are of course based on and, and themselves consist of nothing but radiant presence. But radiant presence is the underlying fact. And coming to see this fact, coming to know the self-verifying truth of this fact, is um, the, 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 the only goal, the only pinnacle of human being. The entire issue of spirituality in yoga, which is the practical aspect of spirituality, is exceedingly simple and yet exceedingly subtle. <clears throat> it is simple because uh, the entire thing hinges on misidentification. The, the, the entire issue hinges upon misinterpretation, uh, non-recognition. The absolute reality, the pinnacle, the goal of spirituality, and hence the goal of yoga, as well as the medium of yoga, is nothing other than this that is right here. This that is actual, this that is the case, this that you are, this that this is. <clears throat> However, what it is and the way that it is that is not what you think it is. And there's the rub. We've all been so deeply indoctrinated and essentially brainwashed in uh, uh, various worldviews and, and, and heavy-handed interpretations um, that hold ourselves, hold this actuality to be in certain ways and to, to exist within certain structural aspects and certain causal aspects and so on and so forth, none of which actually is the case. However, the fact that it's not the case, even though it's completely obvious, completely evident, <laughs> is not recognized because of the con constant insistence and reinforcement of this you know, quasi-consensus reality worldview that we're all steeped in culturally, in terms of media, and even in terms of spiritual media and um, spiritual uh, 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 outlooks and philosophies. <clears throat> the reality is the essence of simplicity. It is simply this that is, in exactly the way that it is. You're already, you could not be more familiar with it, you're, you're so intimately familiar with it that you completely <laughs> take it for granted. And yet, the nature of what it is, is infinitely subtle, is infinitely nonlinear, is infinitely irrational, and hence, um, especially if one is trying to make a leap from a conceptual, linear, logical way of trying to approach this to the actuality, it can seem like an unbridgeable gulf. Because essentially it is unbridgeable. There is no bridge between the infinite, and the supposed finite. 
Now, the fact that the supposed finite doesn't actually exist is not a problem because of the power of mind, the power of mind to 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 uh, essentially hypnotize itself um, into uh, accepting its own interpretations as if they were objectively true. We're all very familiar with this phenomenon. We experience it every night, for example, when we dream. In a dream, there's nothing but you know patterns of light and texture and experiential characteristics appearing very fleetingly and dynamically, and yet the mind powerfully overlays that into a context of event, chains of event, objects, objectively existing spaces, objectively existing other entities or characters with whom one interacts in a sort of a quasi-causal manner and so on and so forth. So we're all very familiar with this, and in fact there's nothing like that there whatsoever. A dream is a light show. This right here is a light show. There's nothing here whatsoever, essentially, but what one might call patterns of light that shows up um, as all of the different textures of the experiential field, since the different sensory textures, the mental textures, the various subtle, you know, transmental textures, and so on and so forth, whatever is, is exactly this um, in, an, in an infinite range of apparent uh, texture or what have you, whatever you want to call it. <coughs> so, the issue of spirituality, the issue of yoga, is to come to recognize that this is the case, to come to recognize that this is the way, what it is, is the way that it is, and to recognize what that way is. Now, this is actually fairly easy, simply because um, it's not concealed, it's not hidden. It's completely explicit and obvious. <coughs> For example, um, we're used to thinking that there's a t time, there's a past, a present, a future. Of course, in experience, there's only now. There's always only now. There's no time. It's completely explicit and obvious that time does not exist. But the mind is very powerful at being able to hold that time exists, that events flow through time in a causal relationship and so on and so forth. But, but this, is never, this cannot be experienced because the actuality does not exist. There is only now. There is only here. All experience exists here in, the, in, in this presence of your experiential field. When you look out the window and see the sun in the sky, where are you seeing the sun? You're seeing it here. When you look at this computer and, and see, see these patterns and hear these sounds, where is that experience happening? Here. When you think thoughts, where are the thoughts happening? Here. Um, so on and so forth. <clears throat> so anyway, all of this is, is quite simple and obvious, and yet um, the power of of um, our conditioning and our our um, conserv conservatism in, in 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 habitually going back to our habitual interpretations um, of some degree of consensus reality, some degree of an objectively existing space, some degree of an objectively existing time, some degree of other beings that supposedly exist, and so on and so forth, is very powerful. 
And so the, the path of yoga can look like a continual re-noticing the actuality of what this is and the way that it is that um, as, an, in, as, a, as a, uh, an invalidation of the interpretation. So even as the mind will habitually try to reassert the interpretations, one can revisit the actuality and it's quite evident that the actuality does not conform to the way the mental interpretations hold it to be. And so eventually, actuality wins. Eventually, the, what is the case is seen to be the case because the, um, the, the, the inaccurate interpretations do not stand up. They do not hold up. They are, they are untrue. They, are, they do not exist. And this is seen, and it is seen essentially um, again and again, <coughs> again and again, <coughs> until one recognizes <coughs> that one is seeing it constantly, and in fact has never been seeing anything other than this condition constantly, exactly as it is, at which point there is no other, there is no other condition. And even, even these habitual conditions, even these mental activities and mental interpretations are seemed to be the nature of this itself appearing as its infinite apparent patterning, none of which actually collapses into any kind of coherence or stability. Yoga is an ancient Indian word which refers to the practical aspects of spirituality. Spirituality is an investigation of the nature of reality, the nature of what you are, the nature of what this is. And yoga is, an, is a word that applies to any technique, any engagement that is um, involved in discovering what that actually is on approaching this and being with it in a practical manner. <coughs> I, would, I could say that nothing is more understood than spirituality but uh, just about everything is equally misunderstood. So. <laughs> um, spirituality is extremely simple. It is essentially this. This that is right here. This that is already the case. This that you are. This that this is. Um, What makes it seem complicated, what makes it seem um, possibly involved and difficult is the fact that this that is here is not what you think it is. You are not what you think you are. What's happening here is not what you think it is. <clears throat> so reality is very simple and completely obvious and already completely the case, already completely known, already completely obvious and not hidden. <coughs> um, but the, the preconceptions and unconsciously held beliefs that we've all been steeped in for all of our lives uh, that are completely, completely, completely and utterly inaccurate. It's not true. It's, it's not like that at all. Um, are the challenge because one has to 
get through that in order to recognize the nature of what is here. The essence of yoga is recognition. It is not accomplishment, it is not achievement. Nothing is gained, nothing is changed. What has to occur and what ultimately does occur in successful yoga is discovery, recognition that what is here is not what you used to think it is, at which time you're been able to see and recognize what it actually is, which um, can be quite astounding by, because by contrast what is here is so fundamentally fundamentally different than what can be thought about it <coughs> the advantage in yoga is that you're already doing it the advantage is that you're already completely engaged with reality. You already know it completely intimately. You've never known anything else um, all your life. Because, of course, there's nothing else to know. There's no unreality to know. What would it be made of? <clears throat> so, the skillful yogi takes advantage of this fact that the engagement is already occurring and uses this engagement as the vehicle to recognize what it is, to recognize how it is, to recognize um, all of the aspects of it, and especially to recognize that it, initially, um, that it is completely unlike what it was thought to be. Experience itself, experiencing itself, is the technique of yoga. This is experiencing. Light, right? Light is present, sound is present, touch is present, thought is present. All, all these various experiential qualities and flavors are, are obviously present. Nothing other than that is present. Anything whatsoever that is present is this this actuality, this experience, this experiencing. But as, as a human beings, in terms of the, the, the consensus reality mindset, we don't pay much attention to experience. We're interested in what's being experienced, you know. We're not interested in looking, we're interested in what are we looking at. We're not typically interested in feeling, we're what are we feeling, you know, and so on and so forth. But all of these what's are abstractions in actuality. In actuality there are no objects. In actuality there is no environment. In actuality there is merely an uh, infinite field of transcendental, well I call it radiance, there's no word for it of course, subtle energy you can call it. 
pshat that you can call it. I mean, there's you know all sorts of in, in various traditions. There's all sorts of words that apply to this, and that's actually the only thing that's here. <coughs> this is what your experience actually is: is the presence of this very obvious and yet very strangely subtle energy, <coughs> and through noticing what experience actually is, the subtlety of it, the slipperiness of it, the unresolvability of it, the way in which it's absolutely impossible to pin down exactly what is happening or how it's happening. (coughs) Um, It becomes clear that something's going on here is very strange. It's it's not just, well, my eyes are seeing light, you know, the the light's here because the bulbs are shining, and and I can see it because my eyes are seeing it. And, you know, I had this consciousness thing somewhere in me that somehow, like, it's like seeing it, but, you know, it's all just sort of some byproduct of biochemistry in the brain and blah, blah, blah. But if you look closely, what is this presence? What is this that is here? How is it being known? Is it, what's it like? What's it made of? What are its properties? some of the very interesting properties of this subtle radiant energy um, are, for example, that it is absolutely instantaneous. It only exists in the instant. It has absolutely no duration. And of course, we're all very familiar with this. You never experience anything whatsoever other than now, right? And yet, you know, we all know there's time and there's a past and there's a future and there's, you know, duration and there's centuries and there's this and there's that. And yet, try and find any of that. All you can actually find, all, you, all that is self-evidently, self-verifyingly present as this, always this. So it's instantaneous, which is very interesting. It has absolutely no stability. To the, let's say that the, the characteristics with which the energy presents, for example, the shapes being seen or the or the thoughts being appearing or the colors or the sound is here in the instant and it's already grown into something else. It's continually and instantaneously morphing. Because again, this is all very self-evident. We're all very familiar with this. This is just experience. You know, <coughs> you've never, never, never done anything else. You've never <laughs> experienced anything else other than experience. And yet, this is the only thing that is self-verifyingly present. We have these, these mental constructs, these abstractions of stable objects that exist in an objective environment. You know, they're stable. You know, they continually are changing in my field of experience, but they're stable. It's my experience that's slippery. You know, I mean, this is the, the sort of the, the common materialist hypothesis. <coughs> But the, material, the, the, the evidence for objective environments, the evidence for stable objects that exist objectively, what does it hinge on? Well, my parents told me this there. The scientists told me this there. So it must be true, right? Well, where, how do they know? Who told them? You know? And if you, if you go back, it eventually goes back to someone dreamed up or intuited a hypothetical interpretation to explain what is happening. Now, this is very, very familiar. We do this every night when we dream, don't we? When you dream, 
there's all of these apparitions and qualities that appear, right? And it, you know, and immediately the mind very powerfully steps in and says, "Oh, I'm here and I'm in this room and I'm talking to somebody and oh look and now I'm." You know, there's a car driving by, and now I'm in the car, and I mean, blah, blah, whatever, you know, the story that seems to be happening in the dream. And you wake up and you think, there was no car there, there was no room, there was no person. It seemed like there was, there was something there that was the basis for that interpretation, it was the basis for that hypothesis that can feel powerfully actual. And yet, is not true. The only truth is the, the presence of this amazing, you know, raw information, this raw apparition of, quali- of absolutely instantaneous qualities, and the power of mind or consciousness or whatever it is that can impose these interpretations and convince itself so powerfully that they are true. They feel true. This feels like, this room feels like it's really here, doesn't it? I mean, if, yeah, the room, of course the room's here. What are you, nuts? You know, are you crazy people? Are you trying to, you know, you're trying to get us to, you know, take the Kool-Aid or something? But how do you know the room's here? Well, because there's light appearing in your field of vision, right? You know the room's here because there's sound appearing in your field of hearing. And the sound has a certain characteristic. You can hear the shape of the room. If we, you, if this was a auditorium, it would sound different. If you were outside, it would sound different. So you can. It sounds like a moderate-sized room with the, with a lot of sound damping stuff on the wall. You know, um, cool. But what is all of that actually? All of that actually is. The, the immediate and self-verifying apparition of all of these qualities. And you cannot verify anything other than that. So in one sense, yoga is about a reality check. What can you know for certain? Undeniably for certain. It's possible that there's a room. It's possible that there's an objective world. It's possible that you all really exist. Or maybe I'm dreaming. I'm in a dream every night. I'm, I'm in rooms and I'm talking to people and all kinds of stuff happens. And I wake up and poof. Where are they? And I'm in this world. When I go to sleep in this world, you all disappear. Where have you gone? How is that any different than the people in my dream disappearing? So the point is not, oh, that's how it is, you know, this is the way it is, this is great, this is cool, now I know. The point is, look for yourself. Check it out. See what is undeniably, self-verifyingly actual. And be very, very skeptical about jumping to conclusions based on hypotheses, based on theories, based on mental concepts. The mind is very powerful at... um, Erecting mental concepts and holding them to be true. Again, look at the look at what happens when you dream at night. How all of a sudden this this dream dreamscape becomes concrete, seemingly. It's not concrete. It's a it's a dreamscape. It's a dream. Look at how people get completely convinced of political platforms and social ideologies and stuff to the point they'll kill each other for it. Based on what? How does that happen? You know, it's the power of 
mind, consciousness, whatever, to to jump to these interpretive frameworks and believe them, hold them to be objectively true, to the point where if someone suggests they might not be, you think they're a crazy person. Whereas the simple fact is, you can't know. You can only know one thing. If you look very carefully, you can only know one thing. This is. You can't know what it is, you can't know how it is. There's no separate you, there's no separate world, there's no separate, there's just this. And then you and the world and your body and your history and, and politics and all of that is a very, very, very elaborate conceptual overlay that is based on and, and exists within the, this presence, the presence of this field of experience. And this is yoga, this is the basis of yoga, and the rest is just down to details of <coughs> working with specifics in your own experience. <coughs> but the essence is so, so simple, just look skeptically. Just look for yourself and see what is undeniably self-verifyingly actual. And anything that's not, be skeptical of it. Just assume that, well, maybe yes, maybe no, but, 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 but if, you, if I look, I, I can't really know. You know. For a long time, the earth was flat. Then it was round. Now it's kind of getting flat again for some people. <laughs> you know, experience, if you look at it, is actually much more like heaven. It's an apparition of patterns of light in sitting in nothing. What's holding up your experience? What's it sitting on? Here it is. This is your experience. It's this bubble of your experience, or whatever. Here's your field of vision, your hearing, the whole, the whole, the whole gamut, right? Where is it? So here's your field of experience. Where is it? What's it in? What's it sitting on? Is it, is it sort of sitting on something? Is there some surface that's sort of holding it up? Is it just here, floating? And the point is not to answer these kinds of questions. The point is to, to, to look and see for yourself that you can't answer them and especially that the answers that you're used to hearing are highly suspect. This, right here, is absolute reality. This is it. Your normalcy. You're sitting here in your life doing whatever you're doing. Um, your, your, your annoying body. <laughs> you're, you're, you're flailing around in your life wondering what's going on. All of this, you know, the the, the heights the heights of the beauty of your aspiration and the amazing insights and profound um, energies you experience as well as the depths of your pain and the and the hells of your emotional pain and all of this all of this is reality reality itself absolute reality um, reality is not what you think it is this is a great revelation. <clears throat> Reality, uh, we're used to thinking we know what it is. We're used to thinking we have um, some idea of what's going on here. 
and all of our erroneous ideas, all of our uh, misinterpretations, is the basis for all pain and suffering. Um, As one becomes aware of what is actually going on here, one discovers that the nature of this condition that is present, that you think of as being your life, that you think of as being yourself, that you think of as being your, your body and your personality and all of your functioning and all of your history, all of that is actually supremely transcendental. Um, well, you can't say what it is. <laughs> you could call it a field of subtle energy. You could call it a field of light. Um, it exists beyond space and time. Uh, it functions uh, by, by its own internal nature, not by all the seeming cause and effect that, that we're used to interpreting as existing within our lives. And it's possible to come to see this directly. It's possible to come to see this very nakedly and self-verifyingly. And as one comes to see this, one becomes freed from the painful and annoying implications of what we're used to misinterpreting it as being, namely, our life of failure and pain and, and annoyance and what have you, as well as our you know, striving for success, striving for more enjoyment, more fulfillment, more pleasure, all of this. This is not negated. It's, it exists as it has always existed, but it is seen to be what it truly is, which could be said to be a dance of subtle energies. Of course, what this actually is, is unspeakable and cannot be said. But uh, it is knowable, and in this knowing, there is great joy. And there is uh, essentially liberation from uh, the implications of our horrendous misinterpretations that we think of as normalcy, that we think of as, you may think of as consensus reality or what have you. so, and uh, yoga is a word for the, the, the process of investigating this and discovering that this is the case. Uh, this investigation is essentially very simple. It simply involves intelligently engaging with the immediate presence of your experiencing. Uh, and if you do so, if you attend to what is actually here and the way it is actually here, you will discover it in no way conforms with what you're used to thinking of it as being. In terms of its lack of stability, in terms of its instantaneousness, in terms of its lack of duration, in terms of its uh, complete and utter unresolvability. In other words, it, it is, it's obviously presents as an infinity of specifics, and yet none of these specifics resolve into a precise, into a precise nature of precise specifics. It's all sort of implication and innuendo, um, which is a very strange condition, and yet it is the manifest condition, it's the actual condition, and this is quite clearly discoverable simply by looking intelligently. And this is the engagement of yoga. It's easy in approaching reality to look at it analytically and look in terms of various aspects of it and how to approach it in terms of yoga, how to Um, approach it within your experience and um, all these different sorts of things but one one quality which may be overlooked and which is really of the essence is this incredible transcendental fullness and lusciousness 
that this intrinsically is the, un, the unutterable the unspeakable richness and profundity and absolutely explicit transcendental nature of this that is included of course in all of your experience all the time but when one becomes aware of it when one becomes open to it in its essence as it truly is the, the fullness and the inconceivable um, uh, uh, deliciousness of this richness uh, one is constantly being drunken, constantly being imbibed in, constantly being danced with and um, this luscious, lusciousness is the essence of yoga this lusciousness is the the um, the seduction of yoga as one begins to make a little bit of progress in yoga one begins to see one begins to immediately contact the self-verifying nature of this fullness and one becomes seduced by it one becomes transported by it one becomes drawn into it like a junkie is drawn into their addiction and I want to emphasize this because this is really um, of the essence of of, of yoga and the, of the essence of spirituality um, you know uh, it can't really be talked about but it doesn't need to be talked about because it's so obvious and so explicit once one um, becomes aware of this once one becomes sensitized to this quality um, you know in terms of approaches to yoga we spend a lot of time talking about ways of looking at it, ways of looking at the way the mind is so powerful at seemingly censoring the experience to make it seem diminished, to make it seem um, somehow of a limited and lesser and, um, and uh, fragmented nature, where in fact no such thing exists. And of course, the practice of yoga is coming to see this, coming to see it. Um, fully and nakedly and self-verifyingly that this is in fact the case um, inalienably it cannot, it cannot be lost it cannot be not embraced because it is continually being embraced <coughs> um, so I wanted to emphasize this point this morning it's not something that is emphasized a whole lot uh, in these talks um, otherwise, um, I would be glad to speak with you about any aspect of all of this that you find relevant to you in your own experience. Above all, remember that this yoga is not theoretical. Yoga is about you. Yoga is about your experience right now, the way it seems to be, the way you are in it, and coming to see what it truly is to open you up to the fullness and lusciousness of what this is of what you are uh, which tra which immediately frees one from uh, limitation, which frees one from suffering without actually negating any of the seeming experiential qualities that are present for you the whole of spirituality is extremely simple um, regardless of information to the contrary from all of the various spiritual traditions that are floating around these days. Um, this is reality. This is actuality. What is here? Uh, it already is 
the absolute it already is completely transcendent it already is exactly the goal that all spirituality and all spiritual paths are trying to discover or find which uh, it's right here it's right here all the time now the rub is that it's not recognized and if it's not recognized instead of being appreciated lived and enjoyed as the astounding transcendental condition that it actually is it'll seem to be your difficult crappy life and all your problems and your health issues and your body and all the difficulties that are going on and your lack of success and so whatever all of these various factors that we normally grapple with that often people are motivated to, to approach spirituality as a solution to now actually spirituality is a solution to all that but not by solving anything simply by discovering that all of that is a misinterpretation of something that is completely unlike the implication of all of these you know, problematic specifics that we ordinarily hold our life to be so this condition this astounding condition is not recognized simply because people typically already think they know what it is and they're used to holding it to be like I said all of the problematic and, and, and difficult details of life so the trick is to come to recognize that it is what it is and that it is the way that it is which will invalidate your habitual interpretations that actually make up all the things you think of as issues in your life um, this is actually not that hard to do in one sense and in another sense it's extremely hard to do it's easy to do because it's not hidden it's not concealed the nature of what this is is completely and blatantly obvious and self-evident if one looks at it without prejudice or expectation the reason why it may be, seem to be extremely difficult is because the without prejudice or expectation is very can be very challenging because typically we have a lifelong um, habit of being ingrained in seeing our lives and seeing ourselves as we do uh, and so there's and, and, and what's worse is the way the mind seems to work it's, 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 it's held in place by a kind of a hypnotic um, uh, actual, actual, actualizing principle or something I mean who knows the mind doesn't just think oh maybe this is a world the mind feels like no it is a world it's an objective world it's really here you know and the same you, you go to sleep and you dream and you're lost in a dream the same thing you feel, it feels like the dream's an objective world because you wake up and you, oh, you, you see oh it wasn't an objective world well why not see it here why not see this is an objective world but it's difficult because again it's so deeply ingrained and held in a in an irrational belief structure that's not amenable to argument or challenge um, so that you look at this and you see it as what you expect it to be you look at yourself and you see it as what you expect it to be you look at everything and you see it as what it expects to be instead of what is actually present experientially now 
um, the field of experience is the field of reality is the field of actuality your experience is absolute reality so what what's, what are some of the obvious factors of your experience that you can investigate by looking at it well interestingly your experience has no time it's always now it's always exactly now there's no past you can find there's no future you can find you can have thoughts about a past and a future but you always have them now and they're always thoughts they aren't an actual past or an actual future so this is very obvious and it contradicts our sense of the normal sense of oh there's this vast ages and ages millions and billions and billions and billions of years going back going forward you know all of this history we're embedded in this tiny little moment this tiny little body there's no tiny little anything there's this and there's nothing else that you can find in your experience so that's a simple objective observation that is obvious and undeniable then space everything is here you can't find anything in here where's experience happen here where's this room here if you're if you're sitting outside and you're, you're sitting <coughs> looking out a window at the sun where are you seeing the sun here you know if you look up in the night sky and see the Andromeda galaxy you know 60 60 whatever billion light years away where are you seeing it here it's completely obvious you've never experienced anything other than here in the field of your experience so that is here so that's space you close your eyes and space disappears but here doesn't disappear you go to sleep and this world disappears but here doesn't disappear you start dreaming and all of a sudden there's a new world or whatever where is it happening here so here is always the case now is always the case is is always the case presence experience your experience is present right it's completely self-evident this is present you know we can't pin down what exactly what you mean by that but on the other hand you don't even need to because it's completely self-evident and self-verifying this is this is present this is here is, is it ever not here you know and this presence is here now and nothing whatsoever else can be found in actuality of your experience so anything other than that is a fantasy is a thought and where's the thought happen here when does it happen now and is the thought present of course if you're thinking a thought is present so presence is here and now and you can't find anything other than that <coughs> on the other hand you look at your experiential field and you find a literal infinity of different qualities different colors different sounds different textures different thoughts different vibes different whatever you know you, there's no way to tabulate them or count them because they're it's literally infinite it's continuums and continuums and continuums and the closer you look the more detail you find so it's a fractal infinity of, of vastly too much information to try to separate out into pieces <clears throat> and yet it's all of that is here all of that is now all of that is present <clears throat> so all of this detail doesn't actually depart from anything doesn't actually go anywhere else 
or build onto anything else. It simply is what this that is here now presents as. Strangely. And you're looking at all this detail, trying to pin it down. Well, what is this detail? What are all these colors? And you, you, you'll discover something rather interesting. It's impossible to pin down exactly what any experiential characteristic is. The closer you look, the stranger it gets. And you can't get to the bottom of what anything is or how it is. And yet, it self-evidently is present here and now. So anyway, this is just a, a very um, light, superficial sketch of some of the ways that it's possible to look at experience and notice how different it is from the consensus reality idea of, you know, well, this is here, but there's all these other spaces out there, you know. Well, now it's here, but there's all these other times out there, you know, out where? You know, out there is an idea that is happening here. You can't find an actual out there, you know, and, and so on and so forth. Anyway, so this is a, a basic overview of spirituality. Now, in technical, <coughs> in traditional technical language, there's a nice word for the process of investigating this, which is called yoga. And the goal of yoga is simply the discovery of what this actually is. It already is that, always has been, it can't be anything else. And since it is what it is, and since it's not concealed what it is, it's possible for you to come to recognize it. And in coming to recognize what this is, it, it invalidates and disproves everything that you've thought it to be inaccurately, which leaves you with reality. And this is the goal of yoga, the goal of spirituality. It's been called enlightenment and realization and all sorts of other grandiose things. But it's really, all of that's really unnecessary because it's simply nothing other than noticing what's actually here. It's a reality check. It's pretty simple, really. This wonderful actuality that is so evident and so obvious <coughs> um, it cannot be you can't say what it is. It's impossible to say what this is. Um, this is not a failing, this is not a failure. But the nature of what this is is intrinsically indescribable. It is intrinsically um, inconceivable. It cannot be said to be this or that. It is exactly what it is, very precisely. And it is um, the way that it is, very precisely. But what that is, and the precision that that is, cannot be pinned down in human concepts of human language. <coughs> um, Satish, would you please mute your microphone? Thank you. Um, of course, the, the spiritual problem is we think we can pin it down. We think we do know what it is. We think, I mean, this is a world and we know what that means. We think I'm a human being and I know what that means. We think I have a history and I know what that means. We think we have, you know, cause and effect and we know what that means. We think we know other people that exist and we think we know what that means. But none of this, um, <coughs> none of this is true. 
none of this is accurate. It's not actually like that. <clears throat> so the, the process of yoga and the goal of yoga is to come to see that this is so, the way that this is so. Come to see that this is indescribable, that this is unresolvable. And in this investigation, in coming to see this, all of these ideas and concepts and beliefs that we hold our, that we hold to be true, out of which we construct all the problems of our lives. We construct our suffering, we construct our failures, we construct our difficulties. Out of all of these imaginary ideas that we hold to be true, that are actually not true. So in coming to see that this is indescribable, all of these beliefs and concepts that we hold to be true um, are invalidated. We see that they are true, and as we see that, we become free of them. Uh, so, this, so it's extremely simple. Yoga is very simple. Spirituality is very simple. Simply see the, the simple and self-evident fact that this is indescribable. It's describable in very heavy-handed gross terms. Of course, the things you can say about it or think about it in human terms are not entirely untrue. They're just entirely inaccurate. They're entirely incomplete. But in, in the completeness of what it actually is, is an open-endedness, is an unresolvability. You can't get to the bottom of precisely what anything is or how it is that. And in coming to see this, these, these fantasies of res resolution, these fantasies of being able to actually resolve precisely what anything is, are invalidated and you become free of them. And in that freedom, in that release, you are what you are, you settle into what you are. And this is, um, uh, this is liberation, this is enlightenment, this is fullness, all of these sorts of things. And this is the goal of yoga. Actuality, what is here, what is real, what exists, is completely and entirely unresolvable. Now, the implications of this um, are immediate and very obvious. You, you, it is impossible to have any orientation to anything. It is impossible to know what anything is. Experience is essentially pure confusion. Um, there is obviously an incredible richness of implication and of seeming, you know, qualities that that seem to have some coherence and seem to hang together, um, that we use as a basis for our interpretation of objects and beings and situations and so on and so forth. But none of that is actually there in any final way. What is here is completely unresolvable, complete confusion, complete chaos. Um, it's like it's like looking at a pixelated painting. You know, you go and see uh, a Seurat or something in a museum, and it looks like a beautiful scene in an afternoon in a park with all sorts of people wandering around, ladies with parasols and all, but you look closer, and all there is is just all of these dots. It's pure confusion. There's no people, there's no part, there's no ladies, there's nothing like that. Now, experience is exactly like this. This that is here alone exists and it is not anything but itself it does not have parts it does not have 
beings in it. It does not have conditions. It does not have objects. It does not have actions. It does not have uh, events that occur. It does not have cause and effect. And all of these, uh, these, these, these subsidiary um, aspects are implications. They may seem to be there. It may be a useful way to try to approach this, but it's not true and it's not accurate. So for human, for normal human functioning, that's all very well and good. You know, you can have people and objects and situations and you can go about your business uh, as you usually do. But for purposes of liberation, for purposes of really coming to see what this is, it's essential that you come to see the nature of this in its unresolvability, in its complete lack of collapsing down into any subsystems or any parts or any um, elements that make it up. It itself is the only thing here, and it itself has absolutely no structure. So all this seeming structure, all of this seeming complexity and event is just its nature that it can seem to present that way, and it does include that in its, in its um, potency, in its, uh, in its functionality. But none of that actually comes into being. <clears throat> none of that actually exists. Now, coming to see this, of course, is the essence of liberation because you discover you don't exist, the world doesn't exist, no other beings exist, so where can there be entrapment? Where can there be bondage? How, what can you possibly be stuck in? And where can you find a you to be stuck? <laughs> Misinformation. All information is misinformation. Anything that can be said is inaccurate is not true. Anything that can be thought is inaccurate is not true. And since it follows that beliefs are largely constructed of thoughts, anything that can be believed is inaccurate is not true. So what is true? What is real? This it is here. The actuality of your experiential field exists. Nothing else can be found to exist. Um, any and all information pretends to be about supposed um, conditions, events, or objects or entities that exist within that experiential field. But all of that information is imaginary. It's all hypothetical. It's all inaccurate. What this really is cannot be thought, it cannot be said. But it can be known. In fact, of course, you know it always, you always have known it. And coming to see what this is in the way that it is, which necessarily is non verbally and irrationally, since anything that can be said verbally is inaccurate, so it's useless. And anything that can be put rationally is likewise inaccurate, so it's useless. But coming to see what this is <coughs> directly and irrationally is both possible and, in fact, fairly easy. Um, seeing what this is is easy. Coming to let go of what you are used in the habit of used to thinking it is inaccurately, that's what's hard. Mm -mm. So there's a, there's a 
ancient word yoga which refers to the process of investigating what this is and ultimately coming to see and recognize what this is Uh, and what I present is yoga what I present is the investigation of what this is what you are what is actual directly um, in contradistinction to anything you may have been told it is or taught that it is or are used to thinking it is and certainly what you are used to believing that it is <coughs> now the process of yoga is fairly simple because it, you're already experiencing and the object of experience is experience itself and the process of investigating it is experience itself so since you're already doing it it's fairly easy to keep on <laughs> the trick is to do it sensitively intelligently and without preconceptions <coughs> um, which you can have a bit of a learning curve because of course the mind is very very busy trying to insert all of its preconceptions like always um, one of the tricks about dealing with the mind is coming to see that the mind is a very small subsystem in the vast actuality of your experiential field so even though the mind is busy over here spinning around and arguing and saying this that and the other it's doing so in a context which in no way impinges upon the rest of your experience like your visual field your field of sensation your, you know your field of hearing and so on and so forth as well as as well as your subtle sensitivities to flavors and nuance and moods and what have you all of which it proceeds directly and irrationally and is in no way impacted by the machinations of thought so coming to see that this is so coming to notice the way that this is so opens the door to a clear engagement with your experiential field in a way that is revelatory in a way that enables you to begin to recognize what it is and as you begin to recognize what it is then that um, feeds back on itself and becomes a stronger and stronger possibility and ability of further recognition this that is here this actuality is one thing and one thing only it never departs from itself it never leaves itself it never it never departs at all from its very core from its very essence from its very source <clears throat> now this may be difficult to understand because experientially we experience seemingly such variety we have um, you know we can have these very deep revealing experiences of clarity and transcendence and purity and then we can have the annoyances of health issues in our bodies and you know confused thoughts and emotions in our in our minds and difficulty in interrelationship with other people and all of these various complexities and it can seem like well all of this all of this complexity all of this elaboration can't be the same as this amazing transcendental clarity or purity that I that I that I find sometimes but in fact it's exactly the same Um, and this is of the essence it's very important to understand this because otherwise you're in a continual tug of war between what you're thinking of as two states some state of transcendental purity and freedom 
and then the details of your life. Now, the important, the powerful fact is that the details of your life are absolute transcendental purity, absolute clarity. It's, um, an example of this is the ocean. Uh, an ocean can look like, in many, many different ways, ocean can look like, you know, a smooth, uh, smooth body of water, it can look like waves, it can look like tidal waves, it can look like spray above the waves, it can look like deep ocean currents, it can look like frozen ice caps, you know. And yet all of, the, all of those elaborations are nothing other than ocean itself. The ocean doesn't become anything other than ocean, when it appears in, in, these, in terms of these various other elaborated, detailed um, conditions or apparitions. Now, exactly the same thing is true of what is here, of this experience of this transcendental essence that is what is, that is what you are, that is here. <clears throat> it appears in many, many, many different seeming um, textures, guises, apparitions, implications, and yet it never becomes anything other than exactly what it is, even in the face of all of this seeming differentiation, all of this seeming elaboration. <clears throat> um, so that there's no dichotomy whatsoever between transcendental purity and you know, the details of, of your personal hygiene or of the difficulties in your health or of any, you know, the, the, the emotional complexities of your getting caught up in reactivity and, and anger and these sorts of things. They're all exactly the same thing, the same essence, the same substance, the same condition that by its very nature can and does appear in all of these incredibly elaborated and seemingly differentiated textures and implication. But even when it does so, it never becomes anything other than itself. It never departs from itself. I, you know, I have a, a saying that I say often, and I'm sure you've heard me say, which is that um, um, it, it can appear to be infinitely differentiated from itself, but it never departs from itself. It never actually leaves itself. It never leaves its essence. It never leaves its source. It never leaves its primal purity. Whether what you're seeing seems to be what you might think of as primal purity, or what, what you're seeing seems to be what you might think of as annoying complexities of, <laughs> of anything but purity. In fact, it's all exactly this same condition. <clears throat> it is of the essence, it is essential to come to see this for yourself, self-verifyingly, to come to understand the way that this is so, in order to um, fully comprehend and appreciate what this is that is here, what you are. <clears throat> this, is, this is the goal of yoga, this is the essence of yoga, coming to see what this is and that it alone is. There's only one thing and that is, and it is this that is right here, right now. Regardless of what it looks like, regardless of what it feels like, regardless of what it tastes or smells like or seems to be in, in mental realms or emotional realms or subtle energy realms or anything. Whatever it looks like, it is exactly this. It is exactly itself, and it never becomes anything else. <clears throat> now, this, is, this can be discovered directly um, 
simply by observing any portion of experience very closely and very sensitively. If you look subtly at anything and anything that, that that is being experienced and notice that notice its qualities, it will always be absolutely instantaneous. It'll always be just right now with zero duration. It will always be unresolvable. In other words, it'll be an infinity of, of divergent qualities which don't come together into a coherent core or a coherent whole. Um, it will be absolutely um, uh, uh, unstable and unpersistent. It will always be instantaneously becoming something else, becoming different, morphing and evolving. <coughs> it will always present as, um, as a textural flavor that cannot be pinned down um, or, or defined. Now, <coughs> the, the different sort of bandwidths or dimensions of this presence are obviously uh, present with a very different texture and implication. Like, for example, light appearing, <coughs> light appearing in the field of vision feels, you know, feels like light. It's in- instantly recognizable as what we think of as light. And sound appearing in the field of hearing feels like sound. We can instantly recognize it as sound. Thought feels like thought. We can instantly recognize it as thought. And they seem to be very different than each other. But if you look very closely at exactly the way that these are, what they are, (coughs) in your experience in real time, not in the abstract, you will notice that they all conform to exactly the same um, um, medium, exactly the same the dynamism, exactly the same um, presence. And they are all just variations of one thing that is happening in one way and always in the same way. Um, and this is the path of yoga, this investigation, this discovery of <coughs> of all of, of, <coughs> of what is actually present in your experience. Excuse me, sorry. <coughs> <coughs> to ultimately <coughs> to ultimately discover what it is and and when you discover what it is you will know everything that there is to know because there is nothing other than, than than this to know you will have all knowledge you will have you will know what you are you will know what reality is you'll know what the universe is you'll know what all the scientific principles are you'll know everything you won't be able to necessarily reel them off <laughs> in a way that will impress a, a specialist. <laughs> but in fact, you will know more than they do, unless they are also a real-life yogi. This that is here, the field of your experience is all that exists. It, we think of it as being experienced, and we think we have some vague sense of what that means. Um, and typically we think of the experience <coughs> as being dependent upon something else, like our, your experience is somehow an offshoot of the existence of your body, which exists in the world, and all of this other complexity. But if you look very closely at what is actually present, what's actually verifiable, all you can find is this field of experience. And the body exists within it. The world exists within it. Every, everything whatsoever that can be found if, if it was a thing exists within it as an appearance within the field of experience the field of experience alone exists alone is actual alone can be found 
and what what is it what what if it's not some offshoot of the body what is it where, where is it how is it what what is you know what what is this this amazing this amazing actuality this amazing condition <clears throat> this is the field of the study of yoga this is the field of the investigation of actuality of the reality that you are <clears throat> and this is where this is what is looked into what is this that is here what is this actuality that is present how is it um, by, by exploring it by feeling one's way into it you will discover it is absolutely ungraspable absolutely um, unresolvable you can't pin down exactly what it is exactly how it is in any sense whatsoever and yet it is absolutely actual absolutely present and presents with an infinity of apparent implications apparent experiential qualities um, that are themselves strangely unresolvable are themselves instantaneous um, are themselves only existent in this instant um, the entirety is very different from the normal mindset of what actuality consists of where we imagine the world existing and it's sitting here and it's sort of been existing for millions of years and it's going along continuously and it's sort of this very heavy ongoing thing as opposed to this instantaneous flash of the presence of all of the qualities that appear in your experience just now then they have no duration they have no persistence they come from nowhere they go to nowhere and they only exist in this instant and <clears throat> they except for the obviousness of the fact of their presence they cannot be found they cannot be resolved you cannot pin down exactly what they are or how they are <clears throat> um So this is the field of investigation of yoga, this, this instantaneous um, presence of your being, which alone can be found to exist. This that is here is absolutely complete. It's absolutely perfect. It's absolutely finished, just in the very instant of its presence. It, there's, it, it, there is there is no residue there is no incompleteness there is no partiality that needs to be remedied the, the, the very presence the very existence of this is its absolute its absolute state its absolute um, complete state um, simply in its in its being in its presence in the fact that you experience the presence of your experience is the end is finished is complete and what it may look like you seem to be doing or you, the way you seem to be seeing it or not seeing it or the way you seem to be oriented to it and, and struggling with it and whatever whatever you seem to be doing with it it's of no importance whatsoever it's just different flavors and textures of this absolute 
perfection, this absolute completeness that is always right here, that is always the case. This is not theoretical, it is it, it is in fact that way. It is it is it is this way. This that is here um, is the absolute finished state of reality. Always. <laughs> so in terms of spirituality, in terms of yoga, in terms of all these things, simply notice that fact. Or not. And if you don't notice that fact, you're not losing anything because it is that whether you notice it or not. You are that whether you notice it or not. You have that whether you notice it or not. But you're free to notice it if you have the wherewithal to do so. <clears throat> the presence, the isness, the being that is right here always, this this present moment that is right here, right now, is always completely finished. <clears throat> Simply notice the presence of your experience. It's always, always completely full. It's already done. By the time you can, you can think about it, it's already moved on and looking like something else which is also already done complete always complete and all the seeming changes and the seeming evolution across time is just completeness moving into completeness moving into completeness different different textures of completeness different flavors of completeness different implications and energies of completeness but you never, it's impossible for this to gain anything, it's impossible for this to lose anything. So it doesn't matter what you do or what you don't do. Now, the portion of your intelligence that is capable of recognizing this, of knowing this, is the portion of your intelligence that that sees it, that sees it just in the instant. So, you are seeing your experience right now. I say seeing, which implies visual, but of course it includes everything. Right now, everything is seen, everything is known, without thought, without effort, absolute spontaneity. Now, this is ordinarily perhaps taken to be just a mechanical fact. But it's an exercise of inconceivable power, inconceivable intelligence to instantaneously assimilate this much, you know, infinity of information, infinity of qualities, infinity of flavors. Um, and, and this intelligence is nonverbal, it is instantaneous, it is non rational. Um, and you are it, and you know it very well. Also, typically, <clears throat> people discount it because it just seems to be here. It just well, of course I, of course I know my experience. You know, I'm perceiving my experience. It's just happening. But that just happening isn't.
just happening. It is that's the whole show. That's the whole functioning right there, just in this in this knowing of the presence of experience right now. And then the intelligence that we're used to thinking of is our intelligence, where we think about it and we, oh, I wonder what's going on here, and figure it out, and all of this sorts of things. It's just a very, very small, ephemeral sideline of this inconceivably powerful um, inherent intelligence, which is always completely, effectively functioning as experience itself knowing experience it's projecting experience mm-hmm. now so this is the intelligence that yoga is done with so yoga is not something you can do by thinking about it yoga is not something you can do by talking about it yoga is done by feeling this engagement that is already the case the engagement of experiencing um, feeling the presence of your own being which is the presence of your experiencing which is always right here right now always completely full and simply feeling this this engagement of presence that is always the case spontaneously is the entirety of intelligence the entirety of power the entirety of fullness so it's pointless to approach yoga from the point of view of thinking about it or discussing it. Yoga is known just as your experience is known. But this knowing is not just a a, a passive dullness. It's an inconceivable profundity, an inconceivable meaningfulness, an inconceivable richness and fullness. And you'll find that as you acknowledge this as you experience the texture of this knowing intelligence um, it will reveal to you, it will open to you and and reveal its incredible dimensionality, its incredible fullness and and range and meaningfulness Um, but not in a way that you'll be able to think about not in a way that you'll be able to describe or verbalize because it's not like that It, it does not consist of parts does not consist of entities it does not consist of actions or structures it is an an infinity an infinite instantaneous assimilative infinity and you know it very well You, you are it you are it completely in fact you're nothing but this we're not used to thinking that because we're used to thinking our thoughts and our thoughts of course can't approach this at all because it's unthinkable in terms of thought it's unthinkable in terms of nouns and verbs things and actions because there are no things there are no actions there is just this instantaneous infinite assimilative intelligence 